T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. This is where Chicago goes to talk Bears. Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago's home for Bears fans. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Score! That team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Steve Rosenblum. There was a keg stand. I lost to an 81-year-old lady. She got off the main <laughs> floor, and then, and, but I was, it was really close. Mark Grody. I've been waiting to get a hold of this guy for years. Yeah, like like Channel 2 News is out there interviewing people. Yeah, I've been talking to my wife about getting Steve. He wants connected my dots and more to my plate. I'm going to dunk his ass. They suck, so you don't have to. Can't you morons do anything right? Founding members of the WB Club. Smoke weed every day. The three words that describe this show, and I quote. Stink. Stank. Stunk. It's Saturday Suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning, welcome in. Saturday Suckage, I'm Steve Rosenblum. Let's take roll to see who else is here. Robert. It sucks and it freebases. Don Cooper. If I think something sucks, I'll tell you it sucks. Jake Arietta. This sucks, really, it does. Who's gonna be the new Jake Arietta for the Cubs? We'll find out later. Albert Almora. Damn, Willie, man, like, do we suck? Pat Fitzgerald. Sometimes you gotta embrace the suck. Wow, it's swallowing you. Eloy Jimenez. Hey, you guys are not going to make anyway. You guys are suck. Hey, when when I got traded the next day, oh, welcome to the suck team. Toby. Oh, my God, this sucks. Random Bears fan. Three boys. Finally made a list of somebody who thinks he sucks besides I do. Liam Hendricks. I wouldn't say seeking perfection, it's just mainly trying not to suck. Julie Swika. Man, that sucks. Wilson Contreras. Losing, losing suck. I'll tell you that, and, and that's all I can say. 
George Wentz. We had fun, um, but there you go. I sucked. Garth Algar. Turn it off, man! Turn it off! It's sucking my will to live! Steve Dahl. Disco sucks! Disco sucks! Candace Parker. Um, I mean, it sucks. Roquan Smith. Yeah, man. Sucks. John Sears. When the hell are the Cubs going to sign Carlos Correa, huh? Yes, maybe Carlos Lee. Maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah, they'll do that. Likely. Maybe Carlos Santana. Okay, so anyways, as we approach Feliz Navidad, we will have Christmas music for you. We have holiday music. Because we'll have Adam Sandler and Christmas Time for the Jews, the McKenzie Brothers, and Santa Lost a Ho. That will be part of today's merriment on Saturday Suckage. I have a WB Club story that I did not, I could not believe, but I experienced it. Me and Sweet Cheeks experienced it. And Mark Rohde has a new title, so we'll venture there. Cultural Zeitgeist has things going on, like an anniversary where football told the world something. And also in 1976, fans of the Eagles, fans of this show, will appreciate the audio that will be coming up. First, let's go back to football. And we'll talk about the Bears on and the Bulls. The Bulls play tonight. We're not sure why, but they're going to play. Maybe, and they'll, they'll try to beat the Bradley Beal-less Mavericks. Man, that sucks. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so this from Optostats this week. There have been two times... In the Super Bowl era, parents tell your kids, two times in the Super Bowl era where a quarterback has come off the bench, thrown for 200 yards, rallied from 13 points down to win, snapped his team's six-game winless streak or longer. One was Baker Mayfield's Browns debut in 2018. The other was Baker Mayfield's Rams debut Thursday night. Okay. Were you like me? Are you like me here on Saturday Suckage? And by the way, I did not tell everybody that we suck so you don't have to. And that we're broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealer. Our phone number at the score, 312-644-6767. That'll get you to our listener line, powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. That number, by the way, that number, 312-644-6767, also gets you to the score's tech zone. The tech zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. Bears Mondays. This year, they're brought to you by Horizon Therapeutics. So as I was saying about Monday, not a bear, it was on a Bears Monday, but it was Monday night football, and it was Baker Mayfield. It was Baker Mayfield doing that. Baker Mayfield was in Los Angeles for 10 minutes, and he already led a hero drive that Justin Fields hasn't really. And I bring this up. I bring this up regularly because that's a sign of the guy. That's what you have. At least I used to think so. 
I still think so. When you see a guy do that, see Tom Brady do that, oh, that's good. But when Baker Mayfield can get out of whatever garden he's in or whatever couch he's on and show up and the Rams can walk him through some kind of hotel thing. Now, I know it was the Raiders and they sucked. But the Bears suck too. Bears have played teams that suck. And Baker Mayfield is doing something 98 yards away, less than two minutes, hero drive. And I've been saying this for a while now, and other people are catching up to me. It seems to be a thing because the Bears, because Justin Fields has had so many chances to do this. Mark Potash, Mark Potash had written in the Sun-Times, the Bears are 1-7 when Fields has a chance to tie or take the lead with five minutes or less left in the fourth quarter. So everybody's got different versions of the hero drive. Pro Football Reference, for instance, says, you know, game-winning drive, fourth quarter comeback, game-winning drive. That's how they do it. And, and yes, texture from 224, Thursday Night Football was Baker Mayfield. Bradley Beal plays in Washington, not Dallas. I knew, but Dallas is without Bradley Beal, so that's apparently the key to the Bulls with playing teams that don't have Bradley Beal. See, it was attempted. Maybe you remember the WB club. And you're right. I thought it was Monday night. It was Thursday night football. That's how That's how confused I am by how Baker Mayfield can come off the bench and do this. and I mean, come off his couch and do this. Get off a plane and do this. And 773 texture, I understand. Fields has a bad supporting cast. Worst in the league, well, that's, you could look at Houston and say that's worse. And, and I know that, but the Rams suck too. There's no Cooper Cup. There's no, I mean, Allen Robinson has not been anything. It's okay. You want to tell me the Rams are, they may be the defending champs, but they're not close to defending anything. Anyways, what Mark Potash picked up and much of what I've been saying all along, Peyton Manning was 1-6 in 1998. Aaron Rodgers was 0-8 in 2008. So you're talking about guys, certainly Hall of Fame quarterbacks, comparing them to Justin Fields at, at certain stages at this stage of his growth, of his progress. We've seen some progress. Fields has a 37.7 passer rating with no TDs and two interceptions, including another, including another critical pick and a 28-19 loss to the Packers on Sunday at Soldier Field, Potsy writes. Fields is 1-7 in those games. The only victory over the hapless Texans when a Roquan Smith interception set up a four-play zero-yard field goal drive to win 23-20. Yeah. And then you see, you look at quarterbacks like that and what what they've done how long it took so we're in a second season for Justin Fields that seems fair to me although Baker Mayfield in his rookie season did it four times four game-winning drives four fourth quarter comeback game-winning drives in his rookie year for Cleveland in his second year, Jalen Hurts, that seems to be the most constant comp. In Jalen Hurts' second season, that was 2020, he mounted two fourth-quarter comeback game-winning drives. 
in his second season, Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes is a guy you ought to, we'd want to, isn't that the guy we want Justin Fields to grow up to be? That's who we want him to be when he grows up, when he grows into being an NFL quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, the guy's MVP, Super Bowl, makes things happen. In his second season, he mounted two fourth-quarter comeback game-winning drives. Fields, in his second year this year, has two game-winning drives in the fourth quarter. The opener and the next week. Against San Francisco, the bull, the Bears came from behind. He threw, he threw two TDs. And while it didn't come in the last five minutes, it came in the first five minutes. That was a fourth-quarter comeback, as defined by pro football reference. That's the one I've been using. The other was a bit of a fraud. As Potsy mentioned, Roquan Smith interception, four play, zero yard, field goal drive. That's because that's because they weren't going to do anything except let the the kicker formerly known as Cairo Santos kick the field goal and beat the dog breath Texans. That's what it took to beat the Texans at home. But because Roquan Smith made an interception, ran it back to the 30 and the bears had a handoff to David Montgomery more on him later. And then a kneel down and then nothing and move it to the hash mark and let the guy kick and get out of there and try not to be embarrassed. But Roquan, but, but that's the way it was against the, the Texans. And that is, that was the second fourth quarter win game winning drive that kind of stuff fourth quarter comeback or game winning drive for Roquan Smith for uh, Justin Fields in his second year and the bit the greater point is this there's hope I'm impatient Fields has had many chances to emblazon his signature on the most important quarter the biggest parts of the game and he hasn't doesn't matter what I think or what you think, as much as I love you out there and you fellow suckageers, it matters what Ryan Poles thinks. That's the way I looked at it today. That's the prism. What does this mean to Ryan Poles? Does this mean you have the guy and you have an extension in mind, or does this mean you don't have the guy in the guy's position? That's the guy you, you need that guy in that position, and you might spend a high pick on a quarterback. Would Poles trade down from the second or third pick as it stands now and get a swap of first-round picks and, say, an extra second-round pick and spend one of those second-rounders on a quarterback? Money tells you what a team thinks of a player. We haven't heard new money coming out of the Bears GM's office. It's probably in his best interest that we don't, that he not say a thing. But Fields is out there in addition to not making comebacks, whatever his supporting cast, he's not making comebacks. And he's making hard statements about his receiver, about his running back. Does Poles like that? Does Poles feel he's being hung out because St. Brown was his signing and Fields took a shot at him on that interception and said he could have run, could have run a better route and, Whatever. You know what? Why are you throwing to a guy who can't run that route? Green Bay knows he can't run that route. That sounds like stupid play calling and stupid quarterbacking. Does Poles feel a quarterback ought to shut up and throw 
or should he throw up, show, you know, should he call out his running back for not running hard? Does Poles feel a quarterback's more important keeping his mouth shut and throwing it at tight windows and not throwing picks in the last two minutes? I don't know. He hasn't said anything. Maybe it's smart that he hasn't. But from what we've seen, we have not seen those kind of comebacks, but we've seen fields make the cut. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The number of comebacks we've seen from quarterbacks who grew up to be terrific players, who are terrific players. So we'll see where this goes. But I'd like to know what Ryan Poles is thinking about this. We'll take a break when we come back. Baseball, Cubs. So they'd rather pay Cody Bellinger what Wilson Contreras is making on average from the Cardinals. Let's find out if somebody can figure that out. We'll talk Cubs baseball next on Cubs Station. Steve Rosenblum, Saturday Suckage. I suck. Yes, 847. Yes, 847 texture. I suck. I suck so you don't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. The one who is not, and I think fits them exceptionally well, is Sean Murphy, the Oakland catcher. Now, Murphy, I thought that we would see him traded before Contreras signed. Obviously, it didn't work out that way. The A's price tag on Murphy, I'm told, is very high because there's probably a dozen teams that have interest in him. So the Cubs could could make a play there, and I think their preference, and this would really get them far down the line uh, of, of getting back into contention. If they can sign Swanson and trade for Murphy, that's a really good offseason. Yeah, well, if. Okay, yeah. All right, in the meantime, the Cubs, that's John Paul, John Morosi. And he was uh, MLB, and he was talking with that's Parkinson Spiegel, right? Isn't that right, Sean? Was that is correct, Parkinson, Parkinson Spiegel. Spiegel yesterday. So he's talking with Sean Murphy. Everybody wants Sean Murphy. The price is so high, that's why you go out and sign Wilson Contreras. That's what the Cardinals did. The Cubs' greatest rival, 
went and signed an all-star catcher that the Cubs didn't want. What the they Cubs wanted was him? what they wanted was a broken down outfielder oh. for about the same price. I'm trying to we'll we'll try to make sense of this and we'll try to do it on the score hotline by welcoming Tony and of Marquee. Tony, thanks for coming on today. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. So, so Contreras, why don't we have to do this? We, I'm, we're fielding answers from <laughs> ideas from everybody. Why did the Cubs hate Wilson Contreras? <laughs> well, first off, I think hate is an extremely strong word. Um, I could use loathe if you'd like, but clearly no, an, all, I mean, an all-star catcher on a team that didn't have much going for it and had all this kind of, and he brought all this kind of energy and whatever, and they loathed him to a point where they let him go to their greatest rival. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it was just they, from their perspective, they wanted to move on. And, you know, we haven't gotten a direct answer uh, from the Cubs about why they wanted to move on or why not Wilson Contreras. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think from their perspective, like they were just looking for, game callers and game managers and defense. And, you know, they love the work that Jan Gomes has done. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if there's a direct correlation, but when Wilson was hurt this year, the Cubs pitching staff took off. And if you look at some of the catchers ERAs of a lot of guys on the pitching staff with Wilson Contreras versus Jan Gomes, there's a little bit of a difference. Now it's not a huge difference. It's not anything that is to say that Wilson is, is a horrible catcher or anything like that. But I think the Cubs just thought that, you know, they could use that money elsewhere or use those assets elsewhere and um, and definitely still have, you know, a guy like Jan Gomes and supplement the catching position with another veteran and kind of prioritize defense. And to be honest, we've seen that a lot from other teams around the league. Like the Astros just won a World Series with Christian Vasquez, who is okay offensively, um, but a really good defender. And then Martin Maldonado, who hit like 170 this year and a great defender and he caught over 100 games for the Astros. So we've seen that a lot from teams around the league that, like, they're prioritizing defense first and game calling with catchers over offense. Tony Andraki of Marquis is my guest. He joins me on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. I, okay, I am could be completely off base in this, but I don't think a catcher, well, very few catchers call a game the way very few quarterbacks get to call their own plays. I, I got I'm under the impression every pitch is called from the dugout. Do the Cubs let catchers do that? Yeah, I mean they let them. You know, look at catchers around baseball. Like they're not looking in the dugout all the time. They're they're out there looking back at the pitcher using pitch com. But there's there's bigger than anything, there's a game plan, right? And so Tommy Hadovy and all the other Cubs coaches, like they have a game plan to go out there and execute each day. And they discuss with the starting pitcher and the relievers and they want to catch that executes that game plan really well. And, and I, again, I don't specifically know if there was an issue with Wilson or anything like that, not executing a game plan, but I know that they feel very confident with a guy like Jan Gomes doing that. And, and prioritizing defense. So, but yeah, I mean, I do think that a lot of catchers, especially veteran catchers call their own pitches. Um, But you're right. The dugout is more 
at play uh, and more of a role than the, it has been than it was 20 years ago, even in baseball. Like they do call pitches sometimes. There are signs, and then obviously there's just more of a game plan and more analytics than there was in the 90s or early 2000s, even, um, and especially before that in baseball. Yeah, I don't. I'm just maybe I just got so numb, so used to watching them look over that that that's it. I don't I don't know why they. If you have Wilson Contreras and you think the weakness is him managing a game, then you should call every pitch. He should look over everyone because he does everything else very well. Everything else very well on on the field. And if you don't think he frames pitches well in a year, that's probably going to be gone. Aren't we? Right. Isn't that? Isn't that going to be mitigated by robot umps coming to a baseball stadium near you? Yeah, it will be. Uh, I guess the big question is when, you know, does it happen in 24 or does it happen, you know, a couple of years down the road? So I think that's really the, the big deciding factor there. And then for the Cubs, especially at, you know, paying $18 million a year to a guy who will end up being a 35 year old catcher. Um, you know, I think that's just part of, what went into the equation for the Cubs and why they decided to, to let Wilson go. Uh, but also that's just, you know, what I'm gleaning from the situation. I can't specifically say what Jed or the front office thought and what their exact reasons were for why not Wilson Contreras. Tony Andraki of Marquis is joining me on the score, Chicago sports radio, 670. So Cody Bellinger seems, I, I don't know, looks broken down they expect him to make the defense better like you said what what's legitimate expectation for the same kind of money average annual salary that the cardinals are paying Contreras? what do you expect from <laughs> bellinger well i mean i think the big difference between him and Contreras is again the five-year deal versus a one-year deal and bellinger's 27 versus wilson's 30 so that's a big difference for sure. Um, but yeah, in 23, they'll be making the similar amount of money. I think the big difference is just the tapping into the upside and the hope that a guy like Bellinger can get back close to his MVP form. I don't think it's realistic to expect him to be an MVP, but getting back to become an above average offensive contributor. And then the fact that he plays a premium defensive position and he plays it really well. They needed a center fielder. He can also play first, you know, if they, end up figuring something else out center field wise, but like he fills two potential holes for them defensively. And then the lineup, he's a left-handed hitter and they needed more of that and they could use more pop, which he has as well. So, uh, you know, obviously there's some hope there that he's one healthy, which the last couple of years he hasn't been fully healthy and two uh, that he can, you know, just a change of scenery and new voices and working with a new hitting uh, infrastructure and coaches in the, in Chicago here, that they can get him back to the player that he was the first three years of his career because he was a really, really good player. I mean, rookie of the year, MVP, like on a historic trajectory to start his career. So obviously the hope is that they can get back to that point. And to be honest, it's just low risk. Like, yeah, you know, it's $17.5 million, but like that's not that big of a deal over the course of one year uh, for the potential upside that he has. So I think at the very least, he's a really good base runner, a really good defender at a premium position. And then the hope is that he can, you know, tap back into what he was offensively, even a fraction of that, even like 75% of what he was would be a huge boon to the Cubs this year. Stay healthy. If you can teach that, because he's gone from, from MVP, all everything to all blue cross, blue shield. And, and I'm, I'm okay. Let, let's look at the Bellinger signing and, and Jamison Tyon. 
And there's a quality guy. There's a quality pitcher, two, three, wherever you want to put him. He's pitched in New York's, and and so there's always a certain vetting that goes on when you can do that in New York. And now it comes to Chicago. That would be the kind of move that tells me the Cubs think they sh- they can contend. They should compete next season. And then the Bellinger thing of like, well, we need this left-handed bat. We need the center fielder. We need a guy who's got championship pedigree, and we're so thrilled to have him. We're giving him one year. I don't know what to make of whatever the plan is. Is there? What am I missing? I'm an idiot. Help me out here, Tony. <laughs> First off, you're not an idiot. But secondly, um, I think it's just the market. Like, Bellinger didn't – his agent, Scott Boris, said that he's not going to sign for a multi-year deal. And he said that Boris did just a couple hours before Bellinger signed. So, you know, and obviously the deal is not official. They still have to go through physicals, but like before the news of it came out. So really Bellinger wasn't accepting a multi-year offer. He wants to go the one-year deal, recoup some of his value, get back to who he was, and then hit the open market again. So, you know, it's similar to Jack Peterson a couple years ago when the Cubs signed him. It, very similar, obviously, because they're both coming from L.A., left-handed hitting outfielders that are trying to recoup their value. But, yeah, I think that's really it. Like, he believes strongly in himself, and I think he's very motivated. And, and on a one-year deal, like, he's going to be motivated all year to try to get back to who he is and, and cash in next offseason when he'll only be 28 as a free agent again. So, um, but, yeah, of course, you know, the Tyone deal is big for the Cubs now and in the future. Like, he's only 31 the same age as Stroman. Uh, he is signed through for the next four years. And he's a guy that the Cubs also think that there's some upside that they can tap into that he hasn't fully delivered on in part because injuries, like a guy who already has beat cancer has had Tommy John surgery twice, but he was a number two overall pick, like right after Bryce Harper, right before Manny Machado, like this guy has an incredible pedigree. So yeah, the Cubs, I think in, in an ideal world, probably would have liked to sign Bellinger to a multi-year deal because I think that makes a lot of sense. But he didn't want to sign that. The market didn't want that. But I think he makes the Cubs better, surely, in, in 2023. And Tyone makes them better in 2023 and beyond for the next few years. So you've got a lockdown starting rotation type of guy. You know, maybe, like you said, 2-3 uh, with, in best-case scenario, number one. And then you have a guy who's at least going to play good center field defense and probably hit in the middle of the order and hit 20 homers with the upside for more. All right, Tony Andraki, one last question. You and your marquee pedigree. <laughs> Korea, Swanson, who do the Cubs get? And if it's neither, is this offseason a failure? Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, it is the question of the offseason around the Cubs, that last one. Like, is the is the offseason a failure without it? I, the answer is no, um, but obviously there's no way around the fact that it would be a disappointing offseason without that. Um, I think the only way the offseason would be a failure is if, you know, the Cubs took a step backwards, and honestly I don't see that. I think they have a lot of internal improvement that they can make. Guys like Bellinger and Tyone, like we said, make the team better. Um, losing Contreras does hurt, but like, I think that they can still be better this year than they were last year, uh, looking overall. And, but yeah, I mean, signing a shortstop would be huge. And Correa has that star power that they're looking for power in the lineup defense. Uh, he would fit on so many levels and Dansby Swanson would as well. Like he doesn't quite have the same, you know, pedigree or cachet in his name that you'd think, Oh, this guy's an instant star or, 
pitchers, you know, seeing him in the lineup, circling him and being like, we can't let this guy beat us the same way Carlos Correa has. But he's a fantastic defender. I mean, he's a gold glove finalist. And he's a leader. And he's a guy that posts. He's there 160-plus games every single year. And, you know, he would make the defense so much better because you'd, you'd move Nico Horner to second base as well. So I think both guys would obviously be a huge fit. Uh, Dansby, to me, I think is the more enticing fit, probably also just because of the, the money and the years that it would take. Uh, I expect that to be a little more team-friendly than Carlos Correa. Uh, but I think both guys would be an amazing fit overall and really something the Cubs need. So I, I don't know for sure if they're going to sign one, but obviously they're in the market too. They've met with both guys, and they're looking to, to really get a lot more talent and star power to their lineup, and both guys would fill that role in some capacity. All right, Tony, appreciate it. When there's more news, we I hope to have you back. Great stuff. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Tony Andraki of Marquee. We've talked about the small market Cubs. Now let's talk about the small market White Sox. Take a break and we'll come back with Sox Machines, Sox, Na- Sox Nation Pulse and Thoughts. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Saturday suckage. I suck so you don't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Back. I'm Steve Rosenblum, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Saturday Suckage, indeed, and the Wake and Bay Club. Next hour, I will have a Wake and Bay Club story that is just a joy. I'll have a story about Mark Rohde, who will not be here. He won't be on this show, even though he should be on the show. He's normally on this show. It used to be his show. Mark has a new title. We have some holiday music coming up. We'll talk Bears with Cam Ellis of the score at the top of the hour. And we'll have some cultural zeitgeist stuff. But first, we're going to talk about the small market White Sox after we talked about the small market Cubs. Winter meetings. And I'm sorry, what, Sean? What are you saying in my ear? I was just letting you know Josh Nelson is calling here now. All right. Well, we're we're getting in touch with Josh Nelson of Sox Machine. And we are going to talk about what the Sox did and didn't do, what Rickon said and didn't say. He didn't say they signed a big name. I'll tell you that. And he said they're looking to trade. And looking to trade means, wait, nobody's trading anymore because it's too expensive see Sean Murphy in the A's for details. So you just go out and sign Wilson Contreras and make your team better. And that's where we are with this team. That's where we are with the small market White Sox, wondering what they're going to do as they sort of sit things out and they don't seem to be doing much. The team, Jay Kuda, the inimitable Jay Kuda, had tweeted this out in the last 100 years, every team, Every team in the last 100 years of Major League Baseball has won at least one postseason series in multiple seasons, except your White Sox. And as we bring on Josh Nelson of Sox Machine, we bring him on with this note, that the team the White Sox beat in 2005 for that World Series, for that one postseason series they won, The Astros, the loser of that series in 2005, the Astros have won two World Series. Since then, the Sox have won three 
stinking postseason games. So, I guess I don't need to tell you that, Josh Nelson, do I? <laughs> you're not enjoying the ride? Is that what you're yeah. telling me? <laughs> no, I feel I'm sitting in the upper deck at whatever the old new Comiskey is being called, and I'm getting dizzy. I don't, this is, this is sort of a, a cut and paste kind of, of thing with what the White Sox say and play and whatever. What do you make of it? What, what happened this week? What do you make of it? And here's Josh Nelson of Sox Machine going to give it to you straight. So I think what is happening in Major League Baseball has been a shockwave for all 30 teams. And I think we are losing the middle class of Major League Baseball. And what I mean by that is that for such a long time, there has been this phrase called intelligence spending. And it was created by all of these new Ivy Leaguers that have taken over front offices of Major League Baseball in trying to appease as far as their bosses, the owners, but also trying to build contending teams and winning the games behind the scenes with agents and free agents and with other GMs and try to win every single trade and try to win every single free agent that they signed that, yeah, we got this free agent, but we got this free agent at the price that we wanted to pay. Well, things have drastically changed in this free agency. Now it's the baseball lifers like Dave Dabrowski and AJ Preller that are making these huge contracts. They're signing these huge contracts and I know a lot of people will make fun of the Phillies and Padres one day and say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're paying all these guys who are 37 and 38 years old uh, all these years down the road. You guys are going to regret it. They don't regret it today. You know why they don't regret it today? Because they are legit championship contenders. They are legit World Series contenders in 2023 for the rosters that they have built. They have Trey Turner. They have Xander Bogarts. You don't. And this is also going to apply with Jacob DeGrom. He's pitching for the Texas Rangers, not for the New York Mets anymore. But the Mets got Justin Verlander, and he's in his 40s, and paying him over $40 million this upcoming season to pitch by Max Scherzer, his former teammate with Detroit, who's also getting paid more than $40 million a season. There's a lot of people in Major League Baseball that are looking at the amount of money being spent in free agency this year, wondering what happened here. These inflated costs for these free agents is going way beyond our means of spending. And I think it's going to eliminate, like, it's just not like the White Sox, like the Milwaukee Brewers as well. They're in this, like, middle class of teams that are – wanting to only sign free agents to three- or four-year contracts, well, that well has really dried up. And the quality of players that you sign for three to four years is going way down because the premium free agents are now signing until they're like 39 or 40 years old. And if you're not going to meet their demand, if, they're, if you're not going to meet their asking price, somebody will. And this message needs to be sent to the folks at Wrigley Field, if you are not going to be willing to meet Carlos Correa's demands, Carlos Correa is not going to wear a Chicago Cubs uniform. So don't get too cute. If you want him, just pay him what he's asking, and that's how you're going to get Correa in a Cubs uniform. And I think that's the way it's going to operate now, especially under this new CBA 
for years to come in free agency. And this is going to be a shock for a lot of quote-unquote smart front offices across Major League Baseball. That's Josh Nelson of Sox Machine joining me on the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. You outlined the exact mistake that the I'm going to be the smartest guy in the room White Sox made with Manny Machado. Yep. The, they, the White Sox don't really didn't realize. I don't know if they realize it yet. The free agent, the guy in in play makes he dictates the terms. You don't mm-hmm. tell Manny Machado, we'll give you eight guaranteed years, but the other two you have to earn. When the Padres said, "Okay, here's all ten. You got them here," and and then Machado says, "Deal," and you try to you try to act all hurt. The White Sox made that mistake with Manny Machado. I don't know if they'll make it again. I fear they will because they like being the smartest guys, thought of as the smartest guys in the room. What do you think? What do you think they've learned from that? Or doesn't it matter if the middle class of franchises is being hindered by a lot of new money from the Disney, the, the deal, the, 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 and the new labor agreement? Where do you mm-hmm. think that's going to leave these teams? What do you think the White Sox do? How do they act? Could they ever change? So the ever change, I think, is going to require a new chairman. So I'll start there. It's going to require new leadership in the owner suite. The lesson that the White Sox have learned is that they haven't learned any lessons uh, when it comes to free agency. They're, they're still struggling here. They signed Mike Clevenger to the contract that they did because they only wanted to spend X amount of dollars on a starting pitching solution. And Mike Clevenger was the only pitcher that was willing to sign for that amount of money, X. And that's why they got Mike Clevenger, and that's why they jumped the market to get Mike Clevenger. Right now, it's the same situation with the outfield. They're only willing to pay X, whether that's free agent dollars or that is in trade assets to acquire an outfielder uh, to improve as far as that situation. I think Oscar Colas is going to be in the opening day roster. I, I was 90% sure a couple weeks ago. I'm at like 97% sure that Oscar Colas is going to be on the opening day roster for the White Sox. So he's going to be taking up one of those three outfield spots, the other one taken by Luis Roberts. So you're looking for someone to play either left field or right field for the White Sox in 2023. And when you pigeonhole yourself – in wanting to only spend, let's say, $10 million, hypothetically, to acquire an outfielder, well, that really limits the quality of players that you're going after. Like Michael Conforto, for example, still a free agent. And I know he missed all of 2022 due to his shoulder surgery, but he's a Scott Boris client. He just saw Cody Bellinger, who has been terrible the last three seasons, get $17.5 million on a one-year contract with the Cubs. Well, if Conforto's asking price is now $16 million, or maybe he wants the same amount of money that Bellinger just got with the Cubs, well, then all of a sudden Conforto's out of your spending payroll. So they're, they're, they're shopping based on their budget. They're not shopping for, we really like this player, and we want this player to be on our roster. Because that's how Dave Dombrowski and A.J. Preller are shopping. They wanted Trey Turner. They want Xander Bogarts. It didn't matter as far as the cost. They would figure out how it fits into the budget later on. But they're identifying players that are great fits for their roster, and that's how they're adding. Meanwhile, teams like the White Sox, and 
Honestly, let's throw in the Boston Red Sox as well. They're getting killed out east uh, for how this offseason is going. Based on a dollar amount and trying to get the best player available for that dollar amount because that's quote-unquote intelligent spending, this is how you get yourself into trouble where you just end up signing a bunch of relievers or signing really bad utility players and you end up spending all of that budget and you really haven't improved as far as your team. So the short of it is, I don't think the White Sox ever did learn their lesson from the Manny Machado flirtation because they had another opportunity with George Springer uh, to sign him to fix the outfield, and they passed on that. I, the opportunity for the White Sox to make a big splash at free agency with the current ownership in the front office has passed. Alrighty then. Thanks for coming, ladies and gentlemen. 2023 <laughs> is over. Drive home safely. We signed a pitcher with an FI, a FIP of almost five. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Okay, that's it. Well, Josh, I, I look forward to more of your ranting and venting. It was a pleasure having you. Get it out before the holiday season. You go enjoy it later, okay? Absolutely. You have a fantastic weekend. <laughs> I will do my best. Thank you. Josh Nelson of Sox Machine. Venting, say it's over. Get a new chairman, then maybe you got a shot. We're going to take a break. When we come back here on Saturday, Suckage, we will talk some Bears. We'll talk with Cam Ellis of Chicago Sports Radio 670 score. He covers the Bears. They are not playing this week. For some weeks, you can't tell the difference. You have to announce it. So the offense seems to do a lot of stuff, except when it needs to do stuff. Defense doesn't do anything except suck so they can get the second pick in the draft. It's a plan. It's always good to have a plan. Might not be a fun plan, but it's a plan. We'll talk to Cam Ellis, talk some bears after this. I'm Steve Rosenblum, Saturday Suckage. I suck so you don't have to. I have the text to prove it. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This guy sucks. <laughs> we really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.